0: Did it again. I turned on the wrong microphone. Uh this studio is different from the other studio. The other studio I'm on mic one. This one I'm on mic two. I have to keep remembering that. Okay, BJ.show. Uh BJ That's what I mean. Man, I'm off to a terrible start on it. This is the Yes, We're in a great <laughs> mood,
1: and by the way, it's not only is it a... It's B. Not only is it BJ show, but it's B day on the BJ show. <laughs> right.
0: It's John's birthday, and he normally doesn't talk about it, but we have a sponsor that sponsored John's birthday wish, and thank you very much for that sponsor. That's our first money we've made off this show, and <laughs> hopefully it's not our Fantastic. last. Fantastic. <laughs> Seven twenty five. Uh, this is the Brad and John show. Like I said, BJshow.co. dot co. Okay. Couple things to talk about. Uh, first off, you mentioned the situation with uh, today being uh, the. What you say? You had friends that today was their birthday. I mean, in addition uh, to you,
1: my my old roommate right out of college, he and I shared the same birthday,
0: same birthday. okay. so you both had the same birthday and was and sometimes it was the winter solstice and sometimes it wasn't because that moves around. It's not necessarily always on the 21st. Did you know that?
1: Well, no, but to me. Well, I mean, technically, you're right, Brad. But to me, it's still I still claim it as always the first. Right. And as I told Brad over break, our pitch was that it was. Not just the shortest day of the year, but the longest night.
0: But see, it's one of my favorite days because of the fact that from this day on... The days get longer every single day. Absolutely. So, it's
1: it's in 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 the and this is the dead of the darkest of, of driving right. in the morning yeah. when it's dark and driving in the evening when it's dark. It's only sunnier days ahead.
0: Right. So once we get past this day, the days get longer every single day till we hit the summer solstice in June. And I i tell you, this is always one of my favorite days. It's interesting yeah. that your it's your birthday because I always think now to myself Now you have
1: another reason to love the day. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, it's your birthday. Okay, lots of stuff to talk about this morning. Let's talk about something that's not necessarily uh st louis related but could be this big fight going on between the mayor of chicago and and abbott the governor of texas okay this has gone to a new level and quite honestly i think this is as a guy standing on the sidelines i think this is funny as all get out okay here's the premise the premise is that Let's be honest. We have these cities that pride themselves on, "Hey, we're a sanctuary city." That means mm-hmm. we don't care where you're from. We're not going to ask you for any papers, and if you show up in your our city, you're welcome. Okay. For a long time, we've had the the city of New York, you know, trumpet the fact that they are a sanctuary city, and Chicago is a sanctuary city. Well, not not so much anymore, because what's happened is a bunch of immigrants from the southern border have ended up in Chicago, and I think it was today's Thursday. Monday, the new, relatively new mayor of Chicago said he was going to sue Governor Abbott from Texas for sending these busloads of immigrants up to Chicago and not only sue the governor, but Take the bus companies to court. Okay, now think about that for a minute. Aiding and abetting the <laughs> crime of, of dumping migrants. How in the world do you take a bus company to court when someone has chartered a bus and they show up in your city? I mean I
1: thought it was a plane. I thought he I whoa, whoa. thought he sent him I thought about that. No, no, no no, that, no, no, no no, no,
0: no. Here's what well, you're you're sort of ruining my story, okay? So oh, so he threatened the governor or the, the, the mayor of Chicago, threatened Governor Abbott on the fact that he sent these buses up and he's going to sue the bus company so what does abbott do he charters planes and the first one arrived either tuesday or yesterday incredible and and landed at o'hare with like a hundred a hundred immigrants on it each of whom had a signed statement Saying they wanted to go to Chicago because because they claim the, the, the northern governors and the northern mayors have claimed that that they're just dumping these people indiscriminately into their cities. They're just saying, hey, you, 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 jump on yeah. this bus, and they don't know where they're going, where now the governor's having these people say where do you want to go? And they say, we want to go to Chicago. And he goes, okay, fine. Sign right here that you want to go to Chicago. Here's your copy. Hold on to this. We're putting you on a plane, and it lands at O'Hare. I'm thinking, and the crazy thing about that is, here's what's bizarre about that. Think about this for a minute, and think about how, how prejudicial the system is against you and me, American citizens, and not against the immigrants. Of if course. If you and yes. I went out to Lambert today, Let's say just for sake of you know s and g's, I said okay. Let's try this, and John, go go online, buy a ticket on Southwest Airlines, and show up at the airport, but don't have a photo ID. Yes, yeah, guess, see guess what? what happens? Guess what? You're not getting on that plane. You know, absolutely. You're right. not getting on the plane, no matter what you say. But these people who are not. American citizens who have no federal ID, they don't have a real ID, they don't have a state ID, they don't have a non-driver's license ID, they can get on a plane and fly across the country and end up in another city. Explain that to me. I mean, does
1: that— If you, Brad, if you were the mayor of Chicago, I have an idea about this, but if you were the mayor of Chicago, how would you react to this?
0: Well, first off, the problem with this is it shows the ultimate hypocrisy of these mayors, because of the fact that it's like it's like okay, you declare yourself a sanctuary city, and guess what? If you get a bunch of people, it, it, it would be like it would be like let's say let's say uh, what would be a bizarre a bizarre thing like that? It would be like like Ted Drews saying, hey, you know what? I'm not serving custard anymore. I'm serving chili. And yeah and, and just just he just came off the top of his head and just said goofy stuff like that. as a joke, let's say it's April first. and then and then ten thousand people showed up at Ted Drew's in South City and go, "Hey, where's my chili?" You know or, I,
1: or Brad, it would be like if if by some stroke, the city, let's say of Wentzville accidentally by by some constitutional crisis, ended up with a super woke mayor who ended up saying, "I think it's a shame what St. Louis City is doing with those poor, homeless folks." And then you and I, and Egbert. Funded a bus to bring all the homeless people to to camp out on at Wentzville City Hall, well, but and the mayor would be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute.
0: But isn't this a the classic example of be careful of what you wish for? I mean, you know, if you it say is. if you it is. say, and, and it's
1: a classic example of when that problem is thousands of miles away, it's really easy to weigh in on.
0: But it. the crazy thing about this is, is that to me, it's to the point where I see these numbers and I'm thinking to myself, okay. by by the fact that I have run a business for a long time. I've been in business for myself for a long time. Okay, just last night, I was working on a car. I was fixing a car, you know, and in other words, instead of me taking it to the shop to get it fixed where I'd have to write them a big check, I fix it myself, okay? I've learned how to do things on the cheap, okay? And to a certain extent, I'm proud of that, but to a certain extent, I'm not. But that's just one of those things, okay? When I hear the numbers where they talk about, well, it's going to cost $10 10 billion dollars for the city of New York to to house these immigrants. I'm going like, "Hold on a minute now. Let right. me think about this for a minute." If you if you take like a family, let's say it's a family of 4, and you know, I'm the guy that when I travel I stay at the Red Roof Inn. You know I mean? Yeah, I'm not... I know exactly what you I'm mean. Not, I'm not staying like... Matter of fact, when I used to do some work for one company, Learfield, by the way, uh, that the, the, the CEO or the CFO of the company was not my best friend, but he complimented me on the fact that I traveled, that I had the cheapest travel reports of anybody in the company. And he compared me to another guy in the company who, where I was staying, I used to stay in Des Moines all the time, and I had a, a rate a guy gave me. I went to the hotel and I said, I'm going to be here at least... Couple times a you know a, 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 you know a month probably sometimes as many in you know eight nine ten days a month. Can you give me Brad's rate? He goes twenty nine ninety five, and I said okay, Incredible. fine. Incredible. So right, good luck. Good luck in the modern era finding anything like that. You know. Right. So for twenty nine ninety five, I stayed at a hotel. It was actually sort of a nice hotel in Des Moines. You know, it wasn't like you know five star or anything like that. Well, one of the big wigs in the company. He wouldn't stay at anything under like a you know like you know like a like a Hilton, you know what I mean, and it's like you know it's two three hundred bucks a night, yeah i'm going yeah. Like, but but the, my go back to my point, my point being. How in the world does it cost you that much money? Go back to to remember the deal with uh, with what's his face, uh, the guy who was sheriff in 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 uh, in in Phoenix, who got all the the uh, oh the, Sheriff Joe,
1: is she, uh, Mar- it Arpaio?
0: Yeah, Arpaio? yeah, Arpaio, Maricopa Arpaio, County. Yeah. Remember, he talked about that he got the meals down to like a dollar fifty a yeah, piece or something yeah. like that. Well, and- but Brad,
1: that's what it comes down to. And when you see that quote, it's because it's just like the concept of a living wage. So if you're an activist, you say, no, we cannot put four people in a space that's less than 1,000 square feet and give them less than $20 a person per day for food because that's inhumane. So then you inflate those numbers, which ends up
0: being – that's how you get into millions and billions. Well, I, I – see, you know, and the interesting thing is there's a couple reporters. And you don't hear too much about them. You hear them on Fox, and you hear them on some of the Fox uh, talk shows and things like that. One of them is uh, Griff Jenkins, and I can't remember the other guy. They're always down on the border. They don't stay down on the border all the time. But what's interesting is they do the reporting that nobody else is doing. And, for example, they are at some one of the intake places where after the people go through where, you know, where the, the border people, you know, essentially, you know, take their name down and give them a court date in 2036 or something like that, you know, so they don't have to go to court for like 12 years or something like that. This reporter was asking them, Hey, why are you here? And where are you going? And, and some
1: would say New York. I, I saw at least one of these clips, Brad, and, but they knew exactly what to say. They knew Chicago, but, New York, but what Minnesota. Was,
0: but, and then he says, he says, why are you here? And all of them said, to work and get a job. And then the one guy busts in and corrects them and says, No, in his broken English, he says, No, we're here for our safety. We're not safe in our own country, which is the ah, line they yeah, give which them. Which is what they're coached to say. Right, which is what they're coached to say about the uh, the amnesty. If they tell them, if yep. you know, if the political amnesty, if you say that you are being persecuted, your life is being threatened in your home company by our, your home company, Company, company country by the government then you are a persecuted political person and you very very well may qualify for amnesty and I'm going like okay what is yeah. this you know I mean it once again it's a joke I mean it's it's to the point where it's like it's to me it's sort of like saying okay you just made and, and I forgot about this you made a point in our last session that our last segment that. Uh, the merit, medical marijuana, uh, some of that money is going to fund the effort to expunge court records in the state of Missouri for marijuana possession. And I would imagine marijuana sales in small amounts, doesn't it also yeah. cover that as well? Yeah, too? there's some kind of
1: threshold. There, right. Yeah. But
0: if you were outselling bales of marijuana, they're not going to expunge your record. But... but if
1: you were selling a dime, a dime bag in Forest Park, then right. you're
0: going to get that expunged. Right. Okay. So once again, once upon a time you get arrested, you get thrown in jail, you get charged, you go before a judge, it's a black mark on your criminal record, you now have a criminal record, all of a sudden that's gone. And I'm going, okay, what happened? You know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah, yeah. Don't,
1: you know, well, and, and remember, that was a... The, the legislators and activists use the term ballot candy. That was one of the pieces of ballot candy that was added to the measure, which is a lot of people that might have been arrested for a dime bag years ago that don't really care about marijuana today would be like, hmm wait a minute i could have a completely clean record of course i'm going to vote for this measure
0: see the other thing you talked about was i know you were somewhat kidding about the fact that men that had to go pick up their kids at school <laughs> and stuff like that had to become essentially medicated shall we say before right, they could yeah. go do such a thing i have to be honest with you john you and know, i've talked about this off air and to on on air to a certain extent I am really worried about the male population in the United States of America. I am really. We could do a week's <laughs> worth of shows on this, Brad, I really and I think
1: we're simpatico on this.
0: I, I think we agree on this. I, I'm going to tell you a story which I probably shouldn't tell on the air. There's a guy yeah, you should. in you saying, should. well, I, no, I'm not going li- to make any names. There's an organization called Little Black Book, and it's for women, okay? And it's started Mm -hmm. by a lady by the name of Angel Magasano, I believe is her name, and she's become very successful. And what it does is it helps women, especially in business, to you know believe in yourself there's a lot of networking going on hey you know i'm the lady who my com- my company is i do flooring okay three ladies in the group say oh we need a new carpet in our living room you know that kind of stuff okay mm-hmm. so but it's for women only men can't join that group okay and it's been very successful. They do a lot of good things. Matter of fact, they're, I think, one of the top organizations for Toys for Tots. They do a big thing, I think it was this past weekend, called the Burbash. Big thing they have. It's usually at the, at the Foundry Art Center down, in downtown St. Charles. Okay? So a guy comes along, and I said this is maybe six months or so ago. I won't say who he is. And he decides he wants to have a support organization for men. Mm-hmm. So was I'm his going, name Brad Hildebrand? No, it was not. But, that, <laughs> see, that's been my idea. And I think to myself... I'm going to go. So I show up at this meeting, I won't tell you where it's at because then people will figure out exactly who the guy behind it is. I show up at this meeting and I'm a little bit late. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is going to be great. Bunch of dudes. I walk in the room, there's a guy up talking already. There's probably about 25, 30 guys in the room and guys up there talking. And he's t- and I sit on and I start listening to him and he's going like, well, and you know I I just can't get out of my mom's basement every day and it's just really a tough time. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Jim, who's next? Bill, Bill, go up there. Uh, yeah, my name's Bill and uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a real loser and uh, I don't have a job and I live in my mom and dad's garage and and I'm going mm-hmm. like, who are these dudes? Yeah. You know, and yeah. and and. and I will say this, and this is a, f- a weird story. Once upon a time, I had a friend of mine, who I didn't realize it needed more support than I was able to give this particular person. Mm-hmm. And one day she called me up and invited me to dinner. This has been I don't know eight, nine, ten years ago. And I said, okay, fine. Actually, she was a client. She did advertising with us and got to be where you know her and I got to be friends at Cedar at Chamber meetings all the time. And so. She says, drop over to my house and we'll take my car. Okay, fine. So I go over to her house. We jump in her car. We drive right past the restaurant. I say, where are we going? Well, we have to go someplace first. I went to her AA meeting. <laughs> and oh, wow. She I, wanted you to, to go with her? Yes. I was oh, a wow. guest okay. and she wanted me to essentially be there for her because she was, and I later found out, in a lot of trouble. That she had relapsed. She had been, uh, and, and and she was... At this point in in in, in her life, so bad that instead of going into mandatory detox, where the court was going to throw her into detox, she had to go to a double a an alcoholics anonymous meeting every day of the week. She had, you know, she had wow. it set up. She had Monday was over here. Tuesday was down here. Thursday was well, that kind of a thing. So we're going to like the Wednesday meeting. And I'm sitting in the meeting going, Well, this is just like on TV when they talk about the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Yeah. So flashback to me being in this meeting, I'm thinking to myself, I'm in an AA meeting. I mean, it's a bunch of dudes who are like worthless. I shouldn't say worthless, but they're like I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is this?
1: And Brad, so you bring up a great point, and maybe on a a different day we, we dedicate an entire segment to this because I think there's a really fine line between guys that need support and help and need to be around strong men and the other side of that fine line is guys that sit around and don't take accountability and just feel sorry for themselves. And this is an unpopular statement, Brad. They emote as if they are women. And they talk about things and, and and maybe they've only been around women their whole life. And they don't talk about accountability. They only express things in terms of feelings and who has wronged them. And friends, people who are close to me who are listening to this know this has been my catchphrase of 2023, Brad. I have a startling lack of compassion for man for men who refuse to take accountability for their lives and their decisions. Well, it's, And it sounds like that's what you stumbled into. Yes,
0: exactly. And, and I think to myself, these guys need to have a session with Mike Rowe. You know who Mike Rowe is, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, these guys. And they, and they these, do, Brad. But you know what the sad thing
1: is? And, and you've, lived, you've lived through this longer than I have. The, a large percentage, probably the majority of guys in that room, I hate to say it, Brad, they're irredeemable because they will forever look for people to whom assign blame for whatever station they are in life. There's always someone
0: to blame but for their predicament. I will take it one step further. I will say they're confused, because nowadays, being a man, you you know, toxic masculinity. I mean, Absolute, you know, if you're, if, exactly right, Brad. if you're the guy walking down the street and you see a guy push over an old lady and grab her purse, if you're the guy that go- goes and grabs that guy the, you know the 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 thief, you chase him on the street and you punch him in the nose, you did the wrong thing. you know what you, I mean? You, you know, yeah, you know
1: what you're you're responsible for toxic masculinity. Right. so you know what men do today, Brad. They whip out their phone and they record it and they say, "dang, that's messed up." man. <laughs> But they but they wouldn't dare intervene. Because you know, you're right though, Brad. Taking responsibility and stepping in and taking action, that's that's toxic masculinity, that's too John Wayne. Right. Right that's too patriarchal. Right.
0: It's to the point where, Oh, you, you hurt that poor guy? Well, he knocked over that woman and stole her purse. Yes, but you you could have Easily restrained him and just said, "Hold on a minute, I'm calling the police." You yeah, Brad, okay. the word that we learned yesterday, it's gynocentrism.
1: Oh, a gynocentric here. order here. says, "Now, now, now, you don't know what that <laughs> robber has gone through. Do right. you know his
0: backstory? Or he may need some money for for his kids or something for like bread. that. Right, he right, probably right.
1: He's going to go buy some bread. With that person.
0: <laughs> right, he's going to go buy. He's going to go have his kids' teeth fixed. Right, that's what it is. Yeah. Right, okay." Uh, we are going to end the show prematurely today. John has someplace to go and ironically so do I. Happy birthday John. Thank you very much and thank you to our sponsor of the first segment, Camellia.
1: I, I said her last name, I guess I wasn't supposed to, but but unnamed Camellia, that was quite kind
0: of you and I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, we will talk to you tomorrow, which will be, and what's interesting is, are, are you in for next week oh, Tuesday, Wednesday, oh, Wednesday Thursday, Friday? There, okay. I'm going
1: to be 46 as of tomorrow. <laughs> I can't shirk responsibility anymore.
0: <laughs> okay, it's 744.